This week, though, I want to talk about who Jesus is. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? The week leading up to Resurrection Sunday was recorded by all four Gospels. All four Gospels recorded what we would know as Palm Sunday. Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteousness and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey on a coat, the foal of a donkey. The Gospel of John tells us that they used these palm branches in order to honor the king. They were used in worship even in the Old Testament. Leviticus 23.40 says that on the first day you are to take palm branches from the luxuriant trees, from palms and willows and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. I mean, I would have gave Frank some palm branches, but I don't want him just running around, you know. You do that afterwards, Frank. You come get some palm branches. But they were used for worship. In the New Testament, they used them to honor Jesus. And in the future, they will also use palm branches to recognize Jesus. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne to the Lamb. So the scene and the setting that this is happening is about five days before Passover. Passover is coming up, and it's a very important... Passover is just the beginning of the big festival that they're going to have. And and everyone over all Jerusalem, all Israel, is coming to celebrate this event. And just a week before Jesus would be killed and be raised from the dead... And this is the reason why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Praise the Lord. Because every day is Resurrection Sunday. Every day we celebrate Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Not just on Sundays, but every day. But who is this Jesus? The Gospel of Luke gives us insight on how Jesus felt as he was coming up to Jerusalem. And this is what I want us to to think about as I share from Luke chapter 19. And just two verses that speak a lot about who this Jesus is. Who is this Jesus? Luke chapter 19, verse 41. It says this. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus, who is this Jesus who was risen from the dead? Jesus is the one who sees beyond the surface. Jesus is the one who sees beyond the surface. You notice what he said? It says that he saw the city. He saw the city. When we look at something, when we, you know, as we drive to Michigan and we'll go through Chicago, we see the city and we see the skyline and, and the beauty of the architecture and, and all the gas prices that are $9 a gallon. We see everything. But Jesus was coming up to Jerusalem and he sees beyond the surface of the beauty of the temple and of the people that are there celebrating. He sees beyond the surface. He sees beyond the pretty things. 
In Luke 13, 34, this is what Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who have killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together. Jesus knows the history of Jerusalem. Jesus knows the history of this place that has not always welcomed God and his prophets. What does this tell us today? That Jesus also sees us. That he sees us. He sees beyond the Minnesota nice or the Iowa growl or, or beyond whatever we say. He sees who we really are. Revelations 2.9, Jesus is speaking to the church and he says this, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you can't tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Man, this church is saying amen, high-fiving each other because Jesus has given a good report. But he continued on, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Jesus sees beyond our day-to-day facade. He sees beyond when we sit in the church pews on Sunday and he sees the depth of our heart. He sees our fears. He sees our, our smiles that try to hide our broken spirits. He sees the silence that tries to hide the shame that we feel because of the sin. He sees beyond the friendly greetings that hides the unforgiveness that we have in our hearts. The kind words that hide the loneliness in our minds. Jesus sees beyond the surface and when he saw Jerusalem, he knew the history. He knew the depth of what she represented. Jesus was at the well in Samaria in John chapter 4. And there's this woman there and, and she's there at a time when it was usually people who were not accepted by society would be there because it was at noon. If you were accepted by society as a woman, you would go out and get water, but you would do it in the morning or you do it in the evening. You wouldn't do it at noon. And yet Jesus is there by the well and here's this woman. And she's trying to hide from Jesus the truth about her life because, see, she's not with her husband. She's not really the one. She's not married to the one that she should be. She's trying to hide who she really is. And Jesus begins to talk to her and begins to tell her about who he is and that he offers living water. And finally, Jesus says to her something that reminds her or lets her know that Jesus knows more about her than she thinks. And this is what she said. And she goes back and she tries to bring the people to come and listen to Jesus. And she says, listen, he told me everything I ever did. Jesus told me everything I ever did. Jesus sees beyond the city and beyond the facade. He sees our hearts. Jesus sees beyond the surface. You don't have to hide from him. Because what is the most amazing thing about Jesus is he sees all of our failures, all of our doubts and worries, and all of the times that we've betrayed him. And yet he calls us to come to him. He calls, he longs for us to be gathered to him. That's Jesus. You cannot outdo his love. He sees you. But that's a good thing. When we start to feel like we're, we feel ashamed and we don't want Jesus to see who we are. Listen, that's when you just need to reveal 
and to run to him because he accepts you the way you are. He sees you. So who is this Jesus? This Jesus is the one who sees beyond the surface. Who is this Jesus? Jesus is the one who cares about you. Jesus is the one who cares about you. The Bible says that Jesus wept over the city. He wept over Jerusalem. When you weep, when Jesus wept, it's because it is the result of sin that separated the people from God. This happened first in the Garden of Eden where it broke that relationship between Adam and Eve and God. It was sin that just separated them. But God cared for people even back then. And he says, I'm going to bring you back. He's going to bring me back. But why did he cry? Because Jesus cares. You know, the nature of sports is there is a high of highs and there is a low of lows. At one moment you are victorious and you're great and the next moment you feel like you're the worst failure team in the whole world. It's the highs of highs and the lows of lows. And you'll notice that after the game, athletes, especially in college, you know, as the tournament's already passed, the NCAA tournament, you'll see a lot of seniors knowing that this is the last time they will ever play collegiate sports, organized sports like this. They won't be going to the NBA. They won't be, you know, pursuing a career in basketball. And this is their last moment. And what do they do? They cry. They cry. These tough guys are crying. Why? Because they care so much about the sport. Jesus sees the city and he weeps over Jerusalem. Why? Because he cares so much about this place. He wishes so much for this place. Jesus cares so much about us. And I believe that Jesus weeps over sin that separates us in our relationship with God. Because he cares so much for us. The biggest battle that we face in life is going to be who you give your affections to. The biggest battle that we face is who you give your affections to because our heart is always wanting to turn from God. Our heart is always wanting to go the other way. It's our natural sinful nature that always wants to run from who He is. But when our affections are turned towards God, it's a beautiful thing. But our affections are always running the other way. But His mind is made up. He cares for you. And so when you've, if you have anything that separates you and God, don't, don't allow that to continue. Just come back to him. He cares for you. He truly cares for you. My wife has these little glasses at home, and they were her grandmother's. Pretty little cups, you know, glasses and little designs on it. And one day my daughters were doing the dishes. Well, let me be honest. Every day my daughter was doing the dishes and, uh, you know, my daughters are doing dishes and they took a plate and they just touched that cup and it cracked. It broke. And, um, and you know, we do what we usually do in the house. Shh, don't tell mom, you know. And, uh, and, and so we finally, my wife comes into the kitchen and say, one of these cups broke. And immediately, she grounded my daughter, 
told her she was not allowed to come out of her room till she was 35, and she would pay for every single... She didn't do that. Why? Because she cares more about our kids than a glass. Sometimes we think that because we made mistakes and we're broken, that God is going to reject us and He's going he's to push us aside. No, that's not Jesus. He cares about us more than the mistakes that we've done. Why? Because He wants that relationship with us. His affection is towards us. He loves you. He cares so much about you. Who is this Jesus? He's the one who sees beyond the surface. He's the one who truly cares about you. He is also the one who knows your full potential. He's the one who knows your full potential. Jesus said to Jerusalem, if you had only known, if you had only known, Jerusalem might have been the city of blessings, but instead it was a city of war, greed, and sinfulness. Jesus knew Jesus knew the city's full potential, but because of sin, it became less. But Jesus also knows our full potential. Someone once said, the saddest words of the tongue or pen might have been. The saddest words of tongue or pen, it might have been. How many times do we say, I wish I could have, I wish I would have, I wish Often we tell ourselves excuses why things aren't better. If only I had this, if only there was that, if I was only taller, if I was skinnier, if I was younger. Excuses are only lies that we tell ourselves. Excuses are only lies that we tell ourselves. He knows what we can achieve because He created us, He sees our full potential. If we were writing the story, we wouldn't use some of the people that God chose. Why would you promise Abraham a child? He can't even have kids. Why would you tell Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh? He can't even speak that well. Why would you choose David? He's too short and there is a giant in front of him. Why would you ask Peter to help build this church? He's only a meteor ochre mediocre Meteor, mediocre see Jesus cares for me even if I can't speak I got no condemnation in Christ Jesus amen my wife's up there like we gotta work on this but why would he pick Peter he's, he's only an okay fisherman Matthew who's just a tax collector and the list goes on and on why would God pick you because he sees your full potential he doesn't recognize your failures in his eyes. He sees what you can do. And the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. That we can do all things through Christ who gives us Why? Because he's the one who empowers us, makes it happen in our life. He sees our full potential. Your history, your past mistakes, wrong decisions, bad choices are very real. I understand those things. And sometimes we have to face the consequences of those things. I understand that. But Jesus is the one who writes your future. Jesus is the one, if you allow him, to let you become your full potential in him. John, as he was writing the book of Revelation, he was stuck on the island of Patmos. He was exiled there. He was sent to prison there. And John was sent there by this Roman empire or emperor that 
was going to have him stay there for the rest of his life because, see, they couldn't get rid of John. They tried to boil him to death in oil, but he survived that. So, so now they're going to just put him on this island and let him die of old age on this island. And so John is looking at his life and he says, okay, God, I did so much for you. I was there with you. I, w- I, I followed you for three and a half years. I, I was there with you every step of the way and now I'm just stuck here on this island. What am I going to do on this island? And then one day Jesus shows up to John. Actually, it was on a Sunday. Jesus shows up to John and says this, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I, am, I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. What did he tell John? Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I know exactly what you can do for me if you just let me tell you what to do. If you just allow me to let you have your full potential and trust me, I will show you that even though things look dead, it can come back to life. Even if it looks like it's the end, there is always a new beginning. He is the first and the last. I love that. The first and the last because he is everything from the beginning to the end. He's everything. Don't let excuses or lies tell you that it won't happen. Don't believe history. Don't believe what you, are, what you know in life to dictate what God can do. I'm telling you, every day I dream big. Every day I expect big. Every day I just believe that it's going to be awesome. Why? Because it's God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. You know, today I decided to put on this jacket. I don't know why I decided to put on this jacket. Probably because it fit. <laughs> Probably why. But I put on this jacket, you know, and I'm like, oh, this nice jacket is great. And I reached my pocket. You know what I found? I found a dime. Now, if you know anything about me, dimes are kind of important, kind of a little sign that God gives me to let me know that everything's going to be okay. When I was working at the laboratory for the food testing laboratory, we were about to lose a, a very large client, and it was worth millions of dollars to our company. And this client was going to be lost. And and, um, and, and I was taking the day off that day, but they called me at home and they said, hey, can you handle this? This is important. We're going to lose our major, our major, you know, um, uh, contract with these, this company and, and they, we're going to lose our jobs. We're going to lose our company if we don't. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I hung up the phone. God, please help me. God, what am I going to do? And I was in the bathroom. I know I, bathroom it seems to be always my miracles, but I mean, maybe I'm in there too much. I don't know. But I'm in the bathroom. All right, I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> my wife's like, please, please, please. I'm in the bathroom. And, um, and I said, God, I just need your help. God, I need you to give me the words to say to this company. I don't know what to do. And I I was there, and I opened up the dryer because I was getting something out. I was opening up the dryer, and there stuck right there is a dime. And God said, because you trust me with tithe, 10%, because you trust me, I'll take care of you. And God done this so many times, and and when I end up in in that that situation, end up turning out perfect. But then then when the Lord asked me to walk away from my job and, and to trust him and just work for the church only, just church only. 
I said, God, I don't know if I can do that. My family needs things, you know, and I, I, I you know, our church is small, God. It can't take care of me. I never depended on the church for income, God. I don't understand. And, and I read the verse where it talks about that those who give up their life for Jesus, that he would reward them a hundredfold in this time, in this age, and the age to come. And that day I read that, and I'm like, man, all right, God, a hundred times, a hundred times fold, I believe it. Well, that day was my anniversary day, and, and to celebrate our anniversary, she was going to go on a jog, and I was going to follow on a bike. And, uh, and, you know, and I thought this would be easy, but the problem was the winds were so strong, and I had this trailer with the kids, it was like a parachute, and I'm, huh, huh, and she's just, come on, keep up, keep up, boy. And, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going. And finally, I went to go, you know, look for something. And, and I opened up in the back of the, the, the seat of the bike was like mud. It was just all mud in there. And I pulled out all this mud. Uh, and what did I find? This old $10 bill in there. And God said a hundred times, Pete. So a dime is very special to me. And so this morning, as I'm getting ready, I pull out and I just mean God. Why? Because I believe every day God can do something amazing. I believe every day. And I don't, I don't know my full potential, but he does. I don't know what I can do, but he does. I don't know who I'm going to minister to, but he does. And so we must trust his full uh, his plan for us. And, and not make excuses saying, I don't have this and I don't have that. You have God. Do you know that you with God makes the majority? You with God makes the majority. God is the one who makes it happen. So he's, who is this Jesus? He's the one. Jesus is the one who sees beyond the surface. Jesus is the one who knows our full potential. Jesus is the one who cares for us. And finally, Jesus is the one who gives us peace. The Bible says, as Jesus was approaching Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus means this, that he is the reason Jerusalem would have peace. He's the reason because he is peace. And the reason why we can have peace in a world that is filled with chaos in a world that is evil and dark, we have peace because we have Jesus. Now, sometimes we go through life and it's, it's not easy. Boss tells you it's the last day at work. Doctor gives you news about something you don't want to hear. A loved one passes away. Your marriage suddenly feels insecure. Children get in trouble. Those things are only temporary, but Jesus is, is eternal. And he is our peace. Ephesians 2, 14 says, For he himself is our peace. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you. I think it's so important to remember who this Jesus is. He's the one who brings peace. Into every situation that you face, he'll bring peace. You just have to allow him to be Jesus in your life. The hardest moments that I face... The moments when I feel like it's all going to fail and nothing is going to happen is when I usually hide in my prayer closet and I say, Jesus, I need you. And what happens? He brings his peace into that situation. Nothing changes on the outside. Problems don't go away. But peace enters that room because Jesus is there. Jesus is there. 
Some of us just need to allow Jesus to be peace in our life, to let him come into our situations and our circumstances. If your foundation is built upon him, he will be your peace. But if you're living in sin or you're doing things that are not right with God, you're not in a good relationship with him, you won't experience that in your life. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus is the one who is on his way to meet you. Just like he was on his way to Jerusalem, he is on his way to meet you as well. He's the one who sees beyond the surface, who cares about who you are, who knows your full potential and gives you peace. I want you to know this morning as we bring this to a close that there is nothing you can do to outshine his love for you, to make his love for you to be less. And I don't care what you did five years ago, five minutes ago, five seconds ago, this moment you can know Jesus. You can know him as your savior if you don't know him as your personal savior, Lord of your life. You can know him with a simple prayer that we'll pray in just a moment. And if you're here as a Christian and you say, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus, but there are things in your life right now that aren't good. There's areas of sin. There's some different things that you've been doing that, that, that is not good. That's okay. Just ask Jesus to forgive you and he will bring back peace into your life. He will forgive you. The Bible says that he will make you righteous again, that you will be justified, that you will be whole, that you will be blameless and pure. Now, why does he do that? So that we can continue to have that relationship with him.